episode 119. I'm your host, Mike Affleck Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, recent escapee from Dreamland, Vampire Master, David McBurney. Sweet. And our guest this week? Introduce yourself, guest. Hi, I'm guest. Hello, guest. No, hi. <laughs> hi, my name is Joe. Joe Hanley. Sweet. And where may people have seen your stuff on the site? I uh, I did a couple reviews, and uh, I was on that really long Game of the Year podcast. That that was certainly something. Yeah, that was. I got the Bash Monster Hunter. It was great. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> okay, that explains earning a lifetime ban on his the... first appearance. <laughs> that explains some things that Wheels was saying before the podcast. <laughs> That's why he's mean to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that explains it. Uh, but yeah, re- regular host Mr. Baker is away having a baby or something. Wait, so, he's having a baby or? Yes. His yes. wife is having a baby. Yes, yeah, so you probably didn't listen to the last episode where I thought it would be funny to tell everyone I was having another baby while doing the intro and Mr. Baker decided to one-up me and say I am also having another baby like next week (laughs) he got you yeah this is what happens when you're the first person to play your trump card yep 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 Uh, anyway uh in conclusion, Wales now has to play Bio Miracle Book Te Upa. I don't even know what that is. Old Konami game where you play as a baby and hit things with a rattle. Sweet. That I sounds think. fun. Famicom Disk System, I think, shows up occasionally in some of their old uh, crossover games. So we have the usual questions and stuff. Um, anyone play anything interesting recently, though? Just a bunch of Castlevania, man. That's pretty sweet. I was up till three thirty playing a single battle uh-huh. in Valkyria Chronicles Four. Granted, I started at like one one thirty a.m. So, but still, it was long. And also, you had to restart it halfway through. Yes. Well. I kind of, I kind of messed up and lost my tank pretty early on, which is oh boy. not a good position to be in. So you would, you would think that you would just give up at that point. Uh, nah. I was already invested. famous. A famous tactician saying, "Nah, nah." <laughs> I like that new mortar class. You know, it's so what I'll do is I'll just shoot into a random spot on the map just to see if there are enemies there. You know. It's I kind of cheat great. a little bit. Now, I, I, I mean, I obviously never finished it when it originally came out, but uh, anyone that listens to, sh- to the show should not find that all su- that surprising because I am easily distracted by shiny o- new objects. So, aren't yeah. we all? Yes. Uh, so I'm not sure what made me decide to go back to it, but I've been playing it again, and it's still great and. Not sure it sold well, so. I mean, that's a complaint you could levy at basically every Valkyria game, which yeah. I've been living on borrowed time since the first one came out and failed. Yeah, yeah. so we'll see. 
maybe it eventually yeah, the, did well enough. The one never got uh, localized, did it? Nope, yeah, not no. officially. The PSP ones aren't. Uh, don't let certain staff members know I said this, but the second and third games are not very good. Oh, I can agree with two. Uh, that's the one I played. And it's like, oh, this is kind of but I don't yeah. want to play this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And three was better. It's more of the same. Three I didn't play because I don't know Japanese. Well, there was a fan translation, but they may have been better off <laughs> doing something else. <laughs> it's still repeatedly undercut by the fact that, like, oh, PSP-sized maps. Oh, Shock Troopers are too powerful. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I was also playing Castlevania last night on my NES Classic Edition, and I I hacked it, ah. and but lots and lots of games. So I have Castlevania one, two, three. I got the two from the Game Boy, and then I got two of the ones from Game Boy Advance on there. So you are right not to acknowledge the third Game Boy one. Which was the third one? Legends. Oh, yeah. I was looking at that game recently uh, because, like, the, the new collection that Konami just officially put out has uh, The Adventure and Belmont's Revenge but does not have Legends. So I was looking back at it because one of the most salient memories I have of it is that none of the songs in that game are long enough. They loop way too fast. And I timed it out and... The first stage has a remix of Bloody Tears that is about 30 seconds long. <laughs> I then decided, hmm, how quickly could, would that loop in like how fast would that loop in ideal conditions? And came to the conclusion of I went and watched a task. And before the end of the first section of the first stage, it had already begun looping in a task. <laughs> On a task. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a new task of Final Fantasy with all white mages. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Might be worth looking at. Looking it up? No, I can't look at it right now, but looking at it later. Yeah. No, it just went up a few, I think like a week ago. Nice. Oh, and this is exciting. Finally getting... Bloodstained next month, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be awesome. I yeah, think. I went in on the Switch version, which will be about a week later, but it's still going to be before I have a long train ride, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I forget what version of that I picked in the Kickstarter. I should take a look at that. <laughs> that seems important. Yeah. If you got PS4, Xbox, or PC, it should be on June 18th that it gets to you. Well, I think it was, I originally picked the Vita version, but obviously uh, <laughs> changed that. Yeah, I don't know where Vita. they moved that to, if you didn't do anything, but I assume you did something, because I'm yeah. sure I yelled at you about uh, it. I'm pretty sure they made you pick something different, so. Well, I'm sure that they also had to have a fallback plan if someone didn't actually respond to the survey, which happens right. often enough. <laughs> Here comes a new challenger. Hey, guys. It's there me. He is. Also Hi. joining us. Go ahead. It's Eric RPG. Yay. 
Uh, do I have to introduce myself again? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot with Dylan. I want to come sooner, but I was kind of napping. No worries. <laughs> it is, after yeah. all, uh, just before midnight where you guys are. <laughs> well, that's why I missed the Persona 5 RPG backtrack, because I was napping and I woke up too late, and then they wouldn't <laughs> let me put in the middle. Ouch. Uh, that stinks. Yeah. I was upset about that. <clears throat> they wouldn't let you join in the middle? I do that all the time. Maybe I should have just done it and not asked. It's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. It's true. Right. <coughs> so why, don't we, why don't we jump into some of these questions? I guess we got the time, don't we? While I take a look and try and figure out what edition of Bloodstained I'll be receiving. Oh, yeah. Edition. Uh, they want your address right now. Wait, what? So if you get that survey, you have to fill it out. They need to finalize all your stuff. The end of the week, they're yeah. fulfilling, I guess, orders, and then they come out a couple weeks. Yeah, it's due out by the like twenty fifth on Switch and eighteenth on everything else. Hey, yeah, look at uh-huh. that! I have an email from them. Yeah, I should probably get my email. <gasps> Steelbook. Of what course. is this? What? You do can, I, you can, you can purchase I a steelbook. Steel uh, uh, a fifteen dollars steelbook. Uh, yeah. So someone take over the show for a minute. I have things to do. Uh, <laughs> I have to place an well, order. Well, Wheels has a sickness, uh, and I don't. You're gonna think jerk it. off, are you? No, I need to buy the steelbook. Yeah, that would take time away from him God purchasing a steelbook. And cowbell. Cowbell. I don't feel like reading this. Where's the link? Wow. It's like 800 of these, so, I mean. You wanted the Vita version, huh? The little <laughs> system that just can't even. Mm-hmm. It had Tragic. A good, it had a... It, it was a thing. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna, like... I think we just had this discussion last week when I was rambling about the... What the actual top ten best-selling titles in the U.S. was, and it was the most depressing list in the world. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty sad. And the notion that all ten of them combined sold markedly less than PS4 Spider-Man did in its first month or so. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. And also, Call of Duty for the, the Vita was like the second best-selling game. What? Yeah, just under Uncharted. Yeah. What about Persona 4 Golden? That, that was, was number like 7. It was in the top okay. 10. I have the Solid Gold edition of that. Mm. I don't As think I managed to get I. the Solid Gold edition. I think I was a little uh, poor at the time. Now port it to Switch, you monsters. Put that in 5 on Switch. Uh, Save me some time. I'm still mad they trolled us. They trolled us, man. The, the best part is imagining the executive that thought that they weren't trolling. <laughs> No, it's Dynasty it's, Warriors. The children will love it. It's Persona 5 Scramble. That, uh, that's obviously what the S stands for. What, it, what else are people going to think it is? <laughs> you, people love the Dynasty Warriors. They, they never get sick of it. Yeah, but, you know, Hyrule Warriors was pretty good, right? 
I mean, at the same time, I didn't get it assuming that I was going to get a Zelda game in its place. True. <laughs> but then the and, Fire, Fire Emblem Warriors, I didn't <laughs> like as much. It's like, uh, it's only partially a console exclusive, too. It's PS4 and Switch on that scramble. I don't understand why it why it's happening. This is gonna this is gonna come up a lot before Royal comes out and it washes it out of my brain. Okay, yeah, special backer edition physical copy. Yeah, confirm. Yes, I picked Switch, so I will probably also buy it on Xbox because I am crazy like that. You buy the same thing a lot. I'm not sure how this keeps happening. I don't know. <laughs> The trophies and the achievements. 4K, man. 4K. Um, okay. I don't have a 4K TV. It's not important, though. Not important. I feel like it's important and you're just trying to hide things. Yeah. Let's, do from a yourself. Let's do a question. Let's do a question. QA question. Uh, let's see. How important is it? This is from Budai, as are most of these. How important is it that Nintendo as a company made up of people who are closely connected to the games themselves? What I mean by this is some companies often have a crew of higher-ups that is only looking at dollars but not connected to the true product on an intimate level. I mean, it probably has a lot to do with some of the decisions that they make. I mean, probably has a lot to do with how they treat their staff, which is apparently a lot better than a lot of companies. Yeah, but. although to be fair, they are also thinking about the dollars. Just oh, they're thinking about dollars. They're just thinking about it in a less immoral fashion. Right, uh, right. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's one of those things where the more disconnected you get from who's actually having to put the blood, sweat, and tears in, the more that you're able to just sort of... Yeah. You the know. more you're able to just sort of, uh, you know, make the same dad game again. And hey, stupid executives are why we get things like uh, the design of the Sonic and the Sonic movie. Mm-hmm. At least they at least they delayed that. Yeah, that was. Now you can see it on Valentine's Day, the most romantic pursuit imaginable. Oh my god! <laughs> are they gonna have knuckles in that movie? I don't oh know. god, I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> if they somehow make the sequel, they can just call it Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, yeah. Well, then you'd have to actually watch it interlace. Like, you would have to watch a cut of it that is actually screened back-to-back with a third Sonic movie. Hmm. All right, because they'll have to do Tails first, won't they? Yeah. I'm actually really just, like... I'm unsettled as to what Knuckles would look like in that style, and I really hope he doesn't exist. (laughs) Or I'll just skip Knuckles and I'll do Shadow. Oh. I don't know what he would look like in that style either. All of these are bad questions. I don't like Shadow. All hail Shadow. Heroes rise again. Or Silver Hedgehog. Oh, don't forget. Can we forget that he exists? He's worse than Shadow. Obliterating everything that's not your friend. Did he? Did... Oh, wait. It's... Speaking of Sonic, what about that new racing game? Is that any good? Yes. Is that getting good reviews? I've heard it's pretty good. It's, okay. it's pretty good. General consensus seems to be less good than the last one, but good. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, what's the name of the developer? Sumo always does a decent job. Sumo Digital. Weren't they Snake Pass people as well? Uh, I believe so. And Snake Pass is a high-quality video game. 
Is it better to treat it as a sequel to Sonic Drift rather than an actual sequel to Sonic Racing? Rude. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's... Because the last game was, I would say, it's more of a Sega racer than it is even a Sonic racer in this one. Even though they removed the word Sega from the title because it tested poorly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. The price tag... I will never... Price tag is right, so... All right, well, well, they um, had to cut out the opening in the Switch version because they were cheaping out on the cartridge size. I will never... I, I'm not done not getting over the fact that they... And they're it. not going to do a DLC for it. <laughs> I, I'm, I refuse to get over the fact that they that their the progression of this series' name was Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. And then they were like, we're making a sequel. Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Sega doesn't count, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, that checks out. I remember just watching over like the space of two years as weirder and weirder characters kept getting added to that video game. With Danica Patrick. <laughs> With the football manager from Football Manager. <laughs> what? Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, some random YouTube man I've never heard of. That the- is these got weird. There's like a dude from like there's like a dude from Rome Total War or something. <laughs> really? Sega is weird, man. These it was it just got turned into this. Yeah, like, I mean technically it's a Sega property, but why? <laughs> in response to I'm, I'm gonna verbatim quote Wikipedia here. In response to fans requesting additional characters as downloadable content, game director Steve Lysette posted on Sega's official forums, challenging them to organize a vote to nominate characters for him to recommend to Sega. Seven characters were chosen for recommendations, including Ryo Hazuki, Hatsune Miku, Sagata Sanjiro, Vector Man, Tojam and Earl Bayonetta, and Ristar. Uh, ultimately, I don't think any of those made it in. Yeah, <laughs> See, huh. One of those characters got approved for development, later revealed to be Ryo Hazuki. Then, General Winter from Company of Heroes 2, for some reason... Total War Rome 2 character, you, another a YouTube man, uh, there's got to be at least one more. I think Monaco from Super Monaco GP wouldn't make more sense. Maybe the frickin' Daytona car from Daytona, they put it in a fighting game, they can put it in this. Remember when they put the Daytona car in a fighting game? Daytona... <laughs> You talking about Fighters Mega Mix? Yeah, I think, wow. a, a game where you could also play as a palm tree. From yeah, the I was going to say you could also play as the AM2 logo, which should also be a racer. I always played as the girl from uh, Virtual Cop 2. What was her name? I don't remember. Forget Virtual Cop barely has characters. Yeah, but it was the yeah. I don't know. I played as her, and she was cool because she could shoot people. Yeah. yeah. Remember when I Fighters Mega Mix? King Saturn. Uh-huh. Remember when Fighters Megamax got ported to the GameCom? <laughs> well, if you do, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm always confused as to why Pepsi Man was in the Saturn port of Fighting Vipers. Oh but my not god, Pep- I just watched that uh, AVGN episode with Pepsi Man. Oh, that's wild. Beautiful game, and I love it. Yeah, well, alright, so back to the... <laughs> Actual question. <laughs> um, what are we talking about again? We were talking about Nintendo and being corporate close structure. to the development process or something. Um, yeah. 
I was going to say, it seems like they have changed since uh, Iwata passed away, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also since the Switch became more successful, that they're definitely, you know, they, they entered the mobile market and there was more of a focus on monetization, which isn't bad per se. Um, but they have put out some good stuff since then, too, I think. I think it's been one of their strongest creative periods, actually. Yeah. I mean, I thought Splatoon 2 was good. Arms kind of sucked, but... Uh, I don't know, and then Breath of the Wild, I mean, that's one of the best games ever made as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. Breath of the Wild. You're for banned me, from the show. It has been removed. <laughs> Until you talk about Monster Hunter again. Uh, no, no, let's just... Let's, let's, we'll just, we'll just <laughs> sidestep that topic for now. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, that, that new Monster Hunter World, uh, the new DLC expansion, that looks okay. Yeah. Well, it does solve the big problem that the original version of world has and that's it's too light on content monsters. yes it needs more monsters compared to all the older versions uh, which you can understand why it's lighter on the monsters because they're going to be reusing these monster models for the next 10 years exactly so it's investing in the future yeah so it's it's got no place to go but up so you know that's cool but uh they original version of Monster Hunter World not the greatest for me but that's it's all good it's all good everything's fine everything's coming up Millhouse in conclusion uh, everyone continue to support Nintendo supporting Platinum games as they Mm -hmm. cling to life um Purchase Astral Chain in August. And then you can also get uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 in July. Oh, yeah. Is Astral Chain coming out in August? Is it that soon? Yeah. Yeah, that was the announcement, the announced release date from the day they announced it. I completely forgot this. Oh, and and did you guys watch the Nintendo Direct for Super Mario Maker 2? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there was some cool stuff in there, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, and then Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, Direct. Oh, of course. That's coming out. And that's, that was super weird to find out. Oh, there's going to be a Pokemon Direct like a week before the E3 Direct. Hmm. So, so, is that because yes, they, we don't, won't. they don't want the E3 Direct to be chock full of nothing but Pokemon? I think it might. It feels like the sort of thing where it's like, this, this presentation is approaching 10, 12 minutes by itself. Let's just uh, yeah. split this off. <laughs> and also it seems to be timed to be something that would be timelier for someone in Japan, Japan to watch which is to say I think it's timed at like 6am Pacific yeah <laughs> but, yeah uh, so I mean place your bets on what they're going to reveal for that aside from that weird Uniqlo shirt thing that got uh, that seems to have been preemptively cut due to problems Everyone see that? That was weird. See what? The Pokemon Sword and Shield Uniqlo shirt thing? No. No. See if I can find this. This was like a thing that slid across my news radar recently. Uh, see. Yeah, they did like a contest about like a shirt that was going to be in the game and sold in Uniqlo. and But there was like a 
requirement that had never been sold in any other, the design on it had never been sold in any other capacity. The winner got disqualified and they said they aren't picking a different one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It was weird. Oh, this reminds me of other news that's very important to me and no one else. Star Ocean 1 remake getting coming to PS4 and Switch. Oh, yeah. It's so based on... It's Does based on be it too? <laughs> uh, probably not. Uh, it's based on the last uh, Star Ocean 1 remake, but the art for it seems to be slightly different, so who knows? Interesting. So we updated a port that wasn't really updated before. <laughs> uh, the, the Star Ocean 1 on PSP was a full remake. Yeah, but I don't think the port of 2 on the PS4 and Vita wasn't. I think it was no, just, no. That was just, that was just a bad part. Like that, they, it doesn't even up-res properly. It just looks fuzzy and awful. That one also only came out in Japan, whereas First Departure R is already confirmed for Western release. Mm-hmm. So wait, so what was the first Star Ocean game? What system was that on? That was a Super Nintendo game. Okay. It's uh, it, I, I downloaded uh, or okay, I legally obtained um. <laughs> a Super Nintendo Star Ocean game that was like I guess it was like a translated ROM or something mm. um, I don't know but then um, I did try to play Last Hope the remaster oh. and it oh. kind of sucked yeah um, no Last Hope's very bad and then Integrity and Faithlessness went on sale yet again and I still didn't buy it so. it's fine fine would be the word I would use for Integrity and Faithlessness it's not the train wreck that 3 and 4 are. It's not the beautiful, flawed gem that 1 and 2 are. Yeah, and then uh, I had Second Story on um, PS1. I think that's what it was. Yeah. That, was All right, that, one. that one was good, right? Yeah, that one's, that one's probably the series peak. Okay. Cool. But, yeah, First Departure was a remake of one that was designed to make it basically like a, another second story. So that's that's a very good version. Uh, the other thing is that the Super Nintendo version of Star Ocean 1 is super, super incomplete in really obvious ways where like you get to near the end of the game and it's just like, well, we're out of space for more world maps, so you're just going to the final dungeon. I'm sorry, it's over. So... They filled out a lot of the later portions of the game that just weren't done, so... Yeah, I beat the game, like, once, and it was like, oh, wait, we're done? (laughs) (laughs) It's over! (laughs) In the sense that we have no more space, please leave. (laughs) But... It's a... It's it's a good game. I like First Departure. I wasn't jazzed about the art from First Departure, so I don't feel too bad about them changing it again, seemingly. But, yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe buy that. I don't know. Like, there's more Star Ocean games that I would consider bad than good, but the first two have an, Im- an irreplaceable hold on my heart, so I'm just going to keep buying those every time they come out. Okay. At, at this point, I will support any Tri-Ace thing. Oh, that's a policy that I uh, that I know all too well, and it will hurt you as much as it helps you. It's fine. It's fine. They used to put out a lot more things that could both help and hurt you. It's true. 
now they just have a mobile game, which is probably very, very depressing. I have, I downloaded Star Ocean and Amnesis out of a sense of duty, but then never actually played it. Probably mm. for the best. Um, I think I did that. Too. <sighs> All right, next question. Uh, sure. Oh, I accidentally clicked off. Let me go find that. We're not good at answering questions, are we? We've welcome, never. Been welcome good. to the show. We've never. Been. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here, here's something that's simple enough to sink teeth into. What would you want, Elder Scroll from Elder Scroll Six, compared to what Skyrim uh, gave us? Um, less bugs. Well, I mean, that's just it. Like Bethesda, I mean, their games have so much content, but they're just a buggy mess. So I would definitely want something more polished. I don't want flying mammoths this time around. Um, I feel like yeah. we're we're asking for the impossible here. We are. <laughs> I don't feel like we are, and I feel like treating it as though we're asking for the impossible is what allows Bethesda continually to yeah. skate by. With not well, hiring a QA team. Yeah, I mean, this is the funny thing here. I remember just like years of oh, you know, this is just this is just how open world games are. And then Breath of the Wild came out, and it was like, oh, this is this is incredibly polished. This I've been lied to all these years. <laughs> it's actually possible to make things interact in a way that doesn't break them constantly. Yes. <laughs> Shocking. So, I don't know, I, I would expect a graphical improvement, of course. Um, and I would expect, you know, Xbox One X enhancements and PS4 Pro support and all that. So, I don't expect them, I don't expect Elder Scrolls 6 to be an Xbox One X or PS4 game. I expect it to be a PS5 and Xbox, whatever the hell they're called. Oh, right, good point. Yeah, because it's pretty far out at this point. I, think, I don't think it's going to be at E3 or anything. Yeah, I think they actually confirmed that it won't be any Yeah. So it seemed yeah, like I mean, I w- it seemed like the yeah. announcement was just yes, we're working on this. Shut up already. It was, it was mostly <laughs> like I mean, it's a good thing they announced it, or people might actually have called for Todd Howard's head after Fallout seventy six. Oh. <laughs> Oof. I still haven't touched that. Ooh. Don't. That's, I feel like stay the course. Uh, it came with my Xbox One X for free, and I promptly would was like, here, GameStop, you take this. I don't want it. They probably gave you like $6 for yep, it. And I was happy to, happy to <laughs> have it. I think the best Fallout 76 story remains that like German place that was like, they were selling Xbox One Xs that came with it, but like they were also in a desperate bid to get rid of stock. They were also just giving you a copy with your Xbox One X. So just in case you wanted two copies of Fallout 76. <laughs> oh boy. Beautiful romantic matching coasters. Oof. Well, see, we talked about this already. My Xbox One X came with Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. Ugh. <laughs> and it I wasn't even a physical copy, so I couldn't trade it, unfortunately. At least it wasn't like Shadowrun. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. That's, that's bringing me back to some very early Xbox 360 days. What a time. What a time. I would happily have taken that over a copy of Fallout 76. 
Mm. Does anyone yeah. actually remember people being... Compl- does, has that game fallen so far down the memory hole that people don't remember how furious everyone was when Shadowrun was turned into a multiplayer-only FPS? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. we're like know, four Shadowrun games since that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've... Well, the, people have forgotten. The only Shadowruns I played were the newer ones. Um, Shadowrun Returns and Fire, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong and Dragonfall or whatever... Yeah, yeah. Because I remember backing Shadowrun Returns on Kickstarter, and part of the pitch was like the producer of uh, Shadowrun on Xbox 360, the first-person shooter, just apologizing repeatedly and like having things thrown at him. Uh, Yikes. Okay. Cool. It was time. It it was a rough time. It's a rough time. It's no, just we want Elder Scrolls Six to be polished, and we don't expect it to be polished at oh, all. No. Oh, oh, heavens no! <laughs> see, uh, does anyone like? Does anyone care enough about the Elder Scrolls to care about like what it would actually be set mm. at? No, no, Elder Scrolls Six is actually just going to be another iteration of Goat Simulator, isn't it? <laughs> that would honestly feel like leaning into it much better than what they'll actually do. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Goat Simulator, there's Goat of Duty. That's a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> they're still expanding Goat Simulator? Yeah. Hell yeah. Wait, what, what is that game anyways? You just throw a bunch of goats around? Uh, I don't. You are a goat, and you glitch at things. The whole point of the game is the glitch at things. Oh. Like, they, they just basically took, like, the part where people had fun doing stupid glitches in open-world games and just made that the entire concept. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It's cute. It's also quite cheap, which uh, helps as well. <laughs> I think I'm going to tap out, because okay. I think I've been up later than I probably should. But um, before I go, I do want to mention... The Castlevania podcast I have been doing is gonna start up again soon. Oh, sweet! Because of uh, Bloodstains finally coming out. Not quite a hundred days, but who cares? <laughs> Dracula yeah. usually wakes up before then, anyway. Yeah, I mean, some cultists probably brought him there. And so we got that to do, and I'm gonna get myself the arcade. And actually play the arcade game, so we have another thing to talk about. Oh, it's gonna be a nightmare. I'm okay. wondering. I'm wondering if I should get enough money to play through it, or just put enough money into it just to play it. I mean, I have no idea how quarter hungry is, but I would probably throw at least twenty bucks at that thing to try to finish it. <laughs> but um, that's gonna have to wait for like two weeks because. Payment is going to be immediately spent on bills. Funny how that works. But uh, until then, see you guys later. Bye-bye. See ya. Okay. See ya. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I know enough about Elder Scrolls to care about where they set it, because, I mean, whatever, man. It's just someone's home for a D&D I never cared about the the lore at all. It's just someone's... It's just yeah. someone's Humber D&D campaign. Yeah, much. so, like, I was recently replaying Oblivion because of the enhancements. 
and no honestly it looks amazing but it, it's like it's fun but it's like i just i made a character and i just wanted to walk around punching things and that's just what i did and i don't care about the story i just punch people and steal their shit and there you go and then in skyrim i made a new evil character and put in a bunch of mods and just murdered everyone so yeah good times deeply I social hope, behavior I, I hope that six lets me go on a murderous rampage i i can't imagine them curtailing that ability so at least you won't be <laughs> <disappointed>. <laughs> right. everyone else though will uh fight each other and uh horrifying holy war over it then uh but yeah like I, I just wanted to actually feel like it touched the hand of QA at some point. Yes, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> yes. Please. And I legitimately have no reason to believe that because people continue to purchase their games regardless of how QA they are. So. Yeah. I mean, like, e- even things that have routinely and roundly failed them, such as not advertising video games, has not stopped them from continuing the path of not advertising video games. So... I think uh, corporate-wise, they just are unwilling to change. Seems about right. Yeah, I mean, and it's really just their in-house games. It's, you know, like Fallout and Elder Scrolls are glitchy, but like Dishonored 2 was okay. Doom was fine. Of course, then or, I don't I don't know if Rage 2 was any good, but I, I didn't want to touch it. Yeah. Nah. I don't think I've heard, uh, heard about being, it being buggy, though. There was a period where their games would still, like, I think they've started to assign QA teams to things that aren't Elder Scrolls, but there was a period where their non-Elder Scrolls games would be routinely buggier than the competition in the same genres. Yeah. Okay. Because so, I remember Haunted the Demons for it. We're going to mention this once every three episodes. Uh, oh, I hated it. That <laughs> game was terrible. Me and Wheels have a long, terrible history with it, and it's bugged <laughs> to hell. <laughs> it demoed well at PAX. That's all and I can that's- say. But uh, I remember the Evil Within One is weirdly buggy in a lot of places in a way that no other game from that director right. or that genre tends to be. <laughs> yeah, good times. All right. Well, you know, well, Rage Two was, um, well, it was Avalanche Studios. That was the problem. You know, because cause like Just Cause 4 was terrible. Um, but like there were a bunch of people on Steam giving Rage 2 bad reviews and blaming it on Bethesda. It's like, well, wait a second, though. Avalanche made bad games under Square Enix. So I don't know if you can blame the publisher on that one. I don't know. I don't know if you could blame anyone for uh, the sequel to a game that no one seemed to care about being a game that probably <laughs> no one will care about in a bit. True. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, like, so yeah, much Rage, Rage One was my first experience with like major texture pop in, because I remember I got it on PC, and it's like I had to wait a couple days before some patches and stuff came out. Yeah. Well, I think the PC version of that was somehow worse, but I mean, the, the shooting was fine, of course, because it's. ID, but yeah, it, it's not something I don't think anyone was ever clamoring for a sequel for. It just yeah. no. And then the sequel just looks like your typical generic post-apocalyptic game, you know. 
I don't know. I, I guess I don't understand like all the the pink and lime green hair dye and. I think they were trying paint. to make give it a little bit of like Borderlands ish flair. Yeah. I, don't I, I feel like that really whole setting out. has just been overdone. Yeah. It's one of those cases where Rage Two was trying to carve out an identity so people would remember what the series would have something to associate with the series, and I guess it didn't work. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit sick of like all the same po- post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic stuff. That's kind of why uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, worked so well for me. Just that one's in, going different. into the post-post-apocalypse. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> go but far it, enough that there's no memory of what the apocalypse was. Sure. I, although I guess plenty of JRPGs have actually done <laughs> that. Yeah. But those have a different mood about it. Right. Like, in a JRPG, like... I guess, like, Horizon, it's clear and immediate that, like, everything is caused by there having been an apocalypse. Because all the enemies are are robots that are also dinosaurs. Like, if you, like, if you're playing a JRPG, like, you'll fight something and then you'll find a remnant of an older civilization. It's not as bathed in the idea of everything used to be here and then everything went away. Yeah, I really enjoyed Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I didn't finish it just because there's so much stuff to do. All this, I kept getting sidetracked. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was weird, though. It's one thing to have robots in the distant future, but why were they dinosaur robots? I guess that's the part I didn't. Understand. Life finds a way, man. Life finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's. I don't even think it's really necessary to finish a game like that, because, I mean... Like, um, it's very story-focused. Like, yes, yeah, there's, there's a lot to time. do. There's a lot that gets resolved if you finish the story. That's fair, but, I mean, like, it's also not strictly what people came there for. I mean, True. I think there's value True. in the experience of just playing what strikes you. Yeah, so... In conclusion, make a game that feels like it's not about to snap at any given point. Ideally, if someone puts, like, five mods on it, it doesn't fry their motherboard. I know at least one person for whom that happened. (laughs) That was amazing. Yikes. (laughs) I don't even know how that happens. Very important. Yeah, uh... In conclusion, uh, Bethesda, step up your game because other people are coming to you to steal your lunch. Um, yep. You lunch. No, he'll steal your lunch. You better. Okay, I'm stopping. Um, the hell are you singing? <laughs> yeah. You not watched uh, MST3K? Um, sure. Oh. Sure, I have. Oh, who am I talking <laughs> Is that from? Is that, okay, I'm not. It's been a long time. Does that, does that help me at all? Do I? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You just, just live with it. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next question. Yeah.
RP Maker games are popular enough to continue to exist, and something like Mario Maker seems to be fairly popular. What RPG series is iconic enough to offer itself in a manner like this? Hmm. Wait, can you read that again? What RPG series would you like to have its own uh, RPG Maker style experience? So, what you're saying oh. is Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That makes sense to me. Now I'm just imagining like the Mario Maker of RPGs. And the only thing that would feel fitting is like different styles of Dragon Quest. Well, it's Zelda Maker. (laughs) Well, then you run into the issue that like most of the iconic ones are 3D and a lot of the 2D ones don't play the same. Yeah, I guess. Um. Saga. Boom. Done. Next I don't question. even know how you would make a Saga Maker or a Saga RPG Maker style game. You know what would be cool? Um, well, we were talking about Valkyria Chronicles. It's like, what if there was like a map editor mm. for that game? Yeah. That'd be yeah, that's cute. a good idea. Kind of make you like work out your own campaign. Yeah. Yeah. That could be that pretty be cool. cool. There is like a RPG maker style game that makes Fire Emblem style games in Japanese, which I only know about, which I only know about because the original director of Fire Emblem made like a, made a game in that. (laughs) What a strange, what a strange path through the industry shows Okaga has had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I can't think of, like, the, the issue is that a lot... I can't think of, like, any RPG series that could really... I do, like, an iconic... Uh, like, if we're talking about a Mario Maker-style product for RPGs, there's really only one I can think of that's iconic enough but has, like, a consistency of form enough to uh, do so, and it's, it's Dragon Quest. <laughs> I thought Dragon Quest Builders was just awesome. Yeah. It's pretty freaking sweet. They've got... Uh, but, like, in in terms of, like, a few distinct visual styles that you could give it, you've got uh, just generally, like, a, a visual style that lends itself to building blocks. See also any of the ones that give you a character editor, which shows how you can just sort of piece-by-piece building block a character out of Toriyama parts. Uh, I just think in general it's basically the only franchise that has consistent enough gameplay that you could swap between styles. Yeah. So. That's it. Dragon Quest Maker will be the hit killer app of 2027. <laughs> uh, right around the time that both Yuji Horii and Koichi Sugiyama have died. That got morbid right there. Right at that wow, specific I know. Like, what do I even say to that? <laughs> I'm trying to work out how old Koichi Sukiyama will be in 2027. Let's see. He is currently... He was born in 1931. So... Uh, Mid-late 80s. Now, do you think that, like, Final Fantasy could do a Dragon Quest Builders-type game? I'm not sure. I think you could do it, but you would you would lose consistency, which is kind of the right. thing. 
Like, even the ones that are fantasy aren't consistent within themselves. Yeah. Also, I, excuse me, I did my math very slightly wrong. By that point, Koichi Sugiyama would be in his mid to late 90s. Okay. Like, I, I could see, like, the the um, world of Final Fantasy. I could see that art style fitting into, you know, a Minecraft blocky type game. But, <laughs> you know, but the, obviously the turn-based combat doesn't fit in there. And Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of the... Uh, more action-oriented Final Fantasy games. Like, I don't know, like, 15 I never got through. I just didn't like the combat that much. I really liked 15, but it's a divisive video game. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I think that the, like, the, the issue is that, like, anytime you're going to do a minecraft style experience, you kind of have to leave behind most of what you would associate with RPG combat because, like, the moving through the world and immediacy is more important. So, you'd probably get a very simplified combat system that probably wouldn't feel terribly Final Fantasy-y. I mean, what you're going to do at that point? Like, a thing that might be mildly interesting to do with Final Fantasy in that context would be to do a Minecraft that uses building blocks from specific Final Fantasy worlds. Mm. Okay. That could be pretty cool. Yeah, so you could do that instead of, like, the terrains that Minecraft does. <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot anyway. In conclusion, the final boss level is trying to, uh, trying to bloom plants in the Midgar terrain. <laughs> Okay. That would be cool. They only grow inside of churches. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wheels, lightning, wheels, lightning round on uh, yes or no on various bad spinoff ideas to Dragon Quest and or Final Fantasy. Uh, One, kart racer. Yes. Two, card-based kart racer. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nightmare. I just created the most nightmarish idea imaginable. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a world, what a world. Um, well, I, I like the kart racer idea, but I'm not a big fan of card games, as Wheels knows all too well. Oh, uh, yes. Wheels just gets surrounded by people who don't actually like card games and still yes. listen to him anyway. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm playing Magic <laughs> while we record this. I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was thinking, like, they already did do a Final Fantasy kart racer back when they did Chocobo Racing. But do oh, it again. Right. <laughs> yeah, make it better. <laughs> I remember they actually announced a Chocobo Racing 3D for Chocobo for 3DS way early in that system's lifespan and then it was never spoken of again and the only thing that was I ever heard it mentioned again was the director of the original Chocobo Racing saying, if it had been me it would have come out <laughs> okay it's the weirdest, weirdest shape huh. throwing I've ever heard hmm. he's saying, release my game you cowards I feel like it's more like uh, whatever cowards were making this, you gave up without finishing. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, 
that, that was a very specific time in Square's life where it's just like, you know, it's cheap to make spinoffs in whatever genre, so just do whatever. There's already a Final Fantasy card game. It's about Chocobos for some reason. <laughs> remember Final Fantasy Fables Chocobos Tales? Didn't think so. I remember that. <laughs> the very brief, the very short-lived uh, Final Fantasy Fables sub-brand. <laughs> that didn't last so long, did it? That lasted two entire video games. <laughs> one of which got re-released and rebranded without the word Fables in it. Hmm. Okay, though, because everybody is a cute uh, pun. <sighs> Next question? Yep. Uh, which, which consoles have you owned that have broke? They're all the Sony ones I mentioned. <laughs> and that Microsoft 360. Uh... Let's, how do we define broken? Like, stopped working how about, completely? Yeah, how about or, un, like, partially unplayable. working? Unplayable. Okay, so... That's how I would define it. Flipping my, flipping my PS1 upside down doesn't count, is what we're saying here. No, I would say it counts. Okay. Um, I've been pretty lucky. I don't know, like... I had a PS3 that broke, but it was, like... It was right after warranty expired, but then that's that was the original PS3 model, though the fat system, and I think it, it like overheated one night and just wouldn't come back on. I don't know, but uh, yeah. But then the 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 slim model I got worked fine, and then um, my Vita broke, but within warranty, so I got a free replacement, and then nice. that one never. Yeah. Nice. So. No, I've, I've been pretty lucky with consoles, to be honest. Um, I mean, everybody had issues with the NES, of course, with having to blow the cartridges and all that. But that's that's just, a, that, that, was a, that was a feature, not a bug. That's a right. myth. Blowing in the cartridges doesn't actually do anything. Well, if there's dust in it, it can help get some of it out. I, guess. I don't know. Mm. You've got better options to do it, but I mean... Yeah. It's mostly reseating the cartridge, but uh, well, well, we all did it, so we did. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying we didn't. Them. We all did it. <laughs> we all did it, and we all thought, eh, it, it, we thought it worked. <laughs> it seemed to work enough, but yeah, uh, like I like all my other stuff. Oh wait, I did somehow manage to break a Game Boy as a child, but Nintendo oh, replaced wow. that one. Uh, I that, was a, that was a very early pocket, though, so it might have just been a bad batch. I damaged my original Game Boy, but it continued to work. <laughs> oh, yeah, original Game Boys are very, very hardy objects. I'm yeah. not sure what I did. I dropped <laughs> it, and there was, like, a black line through the screen, but continued working normally. Well, nice. relatively normally. I love that Nintendo, like, got hold of and keeps the Gulf War Game Boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> If you haven't uh, seen that, listeners, everyone just Google that right now. You'll get exactly what I'm talking about. And it's, uh, I've seen it. Yeah. But yeah, in case listeners haven't, it's pretty easy to find if you just Google Golf War Game Boy because that thing is uh, truly baffling. Yeah, now, I, I had the um, Genesis 2 system, mm-hmm. and I'm remembering that the pins for the controller ports would get bent and then the controllers would stop working. I, I remember that happening. I remember having a Genesis controller that I always suspected was going to stop working, but never quite did. But not because of any pin thing. I had a Model 1 Genesis, 
but because every time I shook it, there was clearly something rattling around inside of it. <laughs> hmm. I had no idea what was wrong with it, but it evidently didn't stop it, so maybe it was just plastic. Uh, oh, man, this does remind me of uh, back in old issues of EGM, them talking about a Jesus Game Boy Advance, because one of them had somehow dunked it in a toilet, and it stopped working, and then they let it sit for a few days and turned it back on, and it worked like normal. Uh-huh. And huh. it was truly baffling, but it had revived after three days, so it was the Jesus GBA. There you go. <laughs> that was, uh... That's always interesting, was like, the things... That's always an interesting flip side of this question is, like, what things have you had break, and what things didn't break but probably should have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember early in the PS2's lifetime seeing people complain that their PS2s had uh, fallen off of something while playing a game and complaining that the game didn't work anymore as opposed to the fact that the PS2 somehow still worked. Huh. Well, yeah, because the, the uh, probably had something to do with the laser, right? It would like... Um... Well, like, the, it wasn't that the it wasn't that the game had stopped working. It wasn't that all games had stopped working. The PS2 would still read games that uh, at that point. It was that when it fell it cut a huge circular scratch because of how the disc yes. tray holds. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. But yeah, no, I had the, the fails to read video game issue probably about a year into my PS2's lifetime, right around the warranty expiring. Not bitter. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it, that's, uh, it was just something that struck me as like your PS2 fell off, so, fell off and continued to work after, uh, while, after falling off of something several feet while playing something. So I'm shocked that it works at all. <laughs> yeah, and they're complaining that one game doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, that's on you, you know? <laughs> that was a very poor decision, a series of decisions that led to this. I mean, now, I have dropped my PS4, and that works. So yeah. I don't know. The, uh, yeah, because I had the Glacier White system that came with Destiny, and mm. that fell off my shelf one day, and it still worked. And now nice. I've got a Pro model that I might have dropped once that still works. So These things are getting hardier, I guess. I remember uh, never had luck with electronics that did anything like that when I was growing up. Yeah. But then, of course, there's the stupid stress tests that people uh, put uh, <laughs> oh. N64s, GameCubes, too. Those those things somehow just would function for the apocalypse. Uh, oh, that's one I technically had happened to me, but I didn't think it counted because it actually, like, it was a new system that was just, like, burned out, like, at some point. Like, it was just manufactured improperly. Okay. But... My very the the first Xbox I picked up for some reason like I plugged it in and it just didn't work. It was just broken internally, okay. and so I I just sent that back and replaced it. <laughs> so I just don't even count it because it's just like uh, that was probably a fluke. Now I know my phone doesn't count as a console technically, but I've dropped it okay. at least ten twenty times, and yeah, I got the. I got the Galaxy Note 9 back in like September, October, and I've I've dropped it at least ten times, and it's 
still works perfectly. So I don't know. I've had really bad luck with that. I had a Galaxy that I dropped it like a foot, but it hit something jagged, I guess, because like I didn't think that anything would happen. But when I tried to turn it back on, it's like, oh, this scene is liable to give someone a this screen is liable to give someone a seizure if they look at it too long. And it would kind of register touches as long as it was above where part of the screen got gouged. It's very sad. Hmm. Yeah. Electronics are fickle. Please do not throw them on the ground. Or throw them in a friend's windshield. What the? Okay, <laughs> there's do is that? There a story behind this. Yeah, we, we need to hear this story. No. Nah. You don't Next get to question. tease that story. No, I'm stopping until we get the nope, we get nope. at least some elaboration here. How uh friend was being a douche, not letting me in the car. So as he was uh trying to drive away, I checked my phone at the windshield. When was this? Uh this was like at least a decade ago. I was thinking, like at that time you probably could your phone probably could survive that at that time. <laughs> Yeah, if it was one of them Nokia phones. Yeah, I used to have one of those. No, this is probably like uh, 2005, I want to say. Me and my beloved Motorola yeah. Blackjack. Needless, needless to say, I had, a new, I had a new phone by the end of the day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Budai, for the full official counting... Uh, one, P, uh, one PSP, one PS1, one PS2, one PS3... Uh, from me uh, and an Xbox if you want to count that uh, it's kind of a hasty case and wheels oh yeah I kind of didn't go through mine so I have like some cases of things like that never truly died like but uh, only because they weren't given a yeah, chance to. like I'm not going to reiterate <laughs> the story of how my Xbox was eating discs again because I think I've done that a few times <laughs> at this point uh, anyone have a anyone have a VHS player that would eat tapes? Those sucked. Yeah, uh, so things that are actually broken. Uh, I think I talked about the uh, PSP Go. I dropped off a desk last week too. Um, let me think. What else? Um, the first the first Wii U I bought did not work. It's very weird, yes, and very unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of a Wii U overheating or having issues. Yeah, mine works. I, I got mine the day it came out. I pre-ordered and yeah, it still no. works. And yeah. I just hacked it, actually, finally. And now I can play like any N64 ROM I want on there. It's pretty cool. I go on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it, and it wasn't something where it stopped working like... Uh, after a while, it, day one did not. Something about it did not work. I like it just it. was a bad unit from yeah. the work. Bad yeah, unit. Okay. Um, like, did it turn on at all? Or uh, I I don't remember what the issue was. I just remember that I had to bring it back and replace it. it was, yeah, I, I think maybe the the gamepad wouldn't connect to it or something. It was it was strange. I should pull up some of our old aim logs. I might be able to find that. Yeah. Um, the other one was, I think, when I originally got the PS3, I think I tried to buy a used one first. Hmm. And 
the network choice. <laughs> yes, the network. I so I bought it and like that's the, on you. <laughs> the networking did not work. Hmm. Like the, the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi Ethernet did not work, which is sort of a problem. Yeah. So uh, I eventually just got a new one, and I still have that one, and it still works. Um, I think what else. I've had good luck with 3DSs. Um, yeah, mine had some shoulder button issues, but I managed to usually get them working again. So. So yeah, I think that's about it. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, the usual suspects, I guess. Yeah. But, man, F that Xbox. I kind of wish it just stopped working at some point. <laughs> you would have felt thing. some closure if it had stopped working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. they made up for it with the the X, I guess. I like that one far more. All right, what was the next question? Let's see what we got here. Uh, uh, when you think of E3 gaffes or mess ups, what comes to mind first? Hmm. E3 mess ups? Um, oh, man. I, I was mean, looking. I, okay. Yeah, I was going to say that first thing that pops to mind is the division and just how the final product looked nothing like those E3 screenshots at I all. I remember it being announced. Yeah, I never E3. saw that one. Huh? When, I, when I think of it, I inevitably think of like. 10 years ago when all of the major console makers did live shows and they were always the most awkward things imaginable. My personal, uh, like one that I had forgotten happened, but which was beautiful when I found it again was like Jack Tretton pulling out a star Wars branded PSP and having awkward banter with Chewbacca. Like just a dude dressed up as Chewbacca, just standing there or at him for a while. And it was, Uh, you know what I just found out though, that, the Chewbacca guy, he passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He passed a few, a few weeks ago, I think, or a few months. Yeah. Uh, I just found out, because I just saw Harrison Ford on uh, Jimmy Fallon. Oh. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was the original Chewbacca guy they got there. I think it was just some dude in a suit. But Yeah. That's, yeah. But it was just the weirdest, like... Like, who was this meant... It was one of those things where you go back and look at those and wonder, like, who was the audience for this? Who was this meant to play to? Right. Because it's super awkward, and, like, your executives are, you know, mostly business dudes. They're not great, like, public speakers. So you just get these guys, like, awkwardly trying to crack jokes to a crowd that doesn't want to hear sales data, but has just sat through 20 minutes of sales data. And then they, you know, just... I remember the I, I used to see E3 bingo cards that would be just like uh, one of the bingo spaces would always be someone puts a car onto the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was I think it was 2010 or 2011. They they had just spent like three months denying rumors that there was going to be a new Twisted Metal, and then they announced Twisted Metal, and no one was that interested because they just spent so long being told it wasn't happening. Right. But they just had like a guy drive up 
onto the stage in an ice cream truck dressed as Sweet Tooth, who looked like he was just ready to murder someone. <laughs> it's just super awkward. Like, anytime you, like, do a gimmick thing where it's like, here's video game character, he's here in the flesh, and he's not doing much of anything but sitting around in cosplay. Like, that was always weird. Like, that, that always meant you were going to be sitting through a memorably long show. Uh, but yeah, like I didn't just want to pick on Sony E3 06 because the Ridge Racer and Crab jokes are old. And we have yeah, so many other bad ones. I was going to say, like, I think, um, I don't know, because every year at E3, though, like, what's his name? Sean Layden, like, he's cool, but. Man, like a few years ago, he could not give a good speech. He's definitely gotten better over the years. I just, I just feel bad. Like, stop. Like, this is the thing that happens with every press conference. Just stop bringing out these people that aren't public speakers and are clearly like feeling like they're about to have a heart attack on stage. But they do that <laughs> yeah. with developers now. Like, yeah. I remember listening to last year. Like, Microsoft brought up someone who was like, he was. Some he was from some part of Europe. It didn't sound like English was his first language, and he sounded like he was about to die from nerves. And I was just like, <laughs> "Don't, don't do this to the poor guy. Just right. like fly him in if you want, so he can do like one-on-one -on -one press interviews. But like have like someone who is a public speaker speak for him. Don't make this shouldn't be his job description. But. Yeah, and, and I don't want to be a jerk, but I I don't like watching the Ubisoft. Oh, press man. conferences, you know, it just because it's, it's like you just said, it's, you know, they've all got the accents and it's like English is not their first language and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just have a hard time understanding what the hell they're saying. I have to put the subtitles on, you know, it's just it gets, it's it's a strange choice. Uh, it's a strange use of resources, but that's usually Ubisoft's entire thing. Like, I remember the joke for a while when Vivendi was trying to buy them out with someone. The joke that me and some friends had was that. The, that all of the thing, the stupid uses of money where they would like get a bunch of people dressed up and dressed up as food to play let's dance together on stage was like a bid to lower their stock prices to make them look less like a viable acquisition card. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> one way to do it. There was also that period where like every year they would bring Miyamoto onto the Ubisoft conference, and it was just like you guys are just trying to run up the score to just have him on more of your conferences than Nintendo has him on. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with this. Though. It's hilarious. Like they keep they every time they would present him with a ridiculous object, they was like, oh, here's the here's the R-wing toy for the freaking battle for Atlas or whatever, and here's a gun from Mario and Mario Rabbids Kingdom battle. It's yeah. just like. We will keep bringing Miyamoto on and presenting him with a larger and stranger piece of plastic garbage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, like, at this point, like, that's still better than, like, ten years ago when Ubisoft was had a presenter who'd, like, build himself Mr. Caffeine. It's just oh, really embarrassing. For, like, <laughs> what? I don't remember that. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, Mr. This Caffeine is, good. is better left forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I have a terrible amount of memory for these. Like, I remember basically all of these. I remember the one that was basically Nintendo talking about, like, the Wii is sold very... It was just like, a, here's the economic forecast for the Wii. Also, at the end, we apologize. Here's a Metroid game that everyone will end up despising. But at the time, you didn't know. 
<laughs> oh, other M. Oh, go man. fuck go back. yourself, I like other M. <laughs> It's, it's just interesting to go back and look at the initial reaction to that because people were pumped and then it came out. But... I mean, I look at it like, okay, I like the gameplay. It's like, yeah, the story and characters were atrocious. Um, yeah. Samus was not characterized properly. No, I, I get that. But I mean, I still thought the gameplay was pretty solid. I, I didn't like the sections, though, where you got to go into first person and you got to keep scouring the environment for clues and they will not let you proceed until you find that little dot in the I, background. Like, a part of me likes to imagine that this was them looking, doing research and finding the popularity of find the hidden clue games on DS and Wii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was not a good use of design or resources. And yeah. But yeah, it's it's just like that was an interminable conference, like, and, and then oh, this was one that like, it, it was not a gap at the time, but like every time more information has spilled out about it, it becomes more of a gap. Which is, so I saw an article a couple months ago that was like actually going through what the hell was up with the uh, Killzone Two trailer that showed up at E three two thousand five that inevitably disappointed everyone when they saw what PS3 games actually looked like. <laughs> and, like, apparently, internally at Guerrilla Games, that wasn't supposed to show up anywhere. That was not them pretending that they had any idea what PS3 games would look like. That was them doing, like, a... In, the, in our wildest dreams, this is what we want our game to look like. Huh. And, it, and someone at Sony unscrupulously just sort of took it and sent it to E3 to say, like, this is Killzone 2, here's the first trailer. And it's just... Oh, jeez. But there's, there's a lot of that. Sony was doing a lot of that for some reason. Like, there's a lot of those... Go look at trailers for things that never even came out, like, eight days, which no, it has a super generic name and no one remembers it. But they did the, like they wanted it to look like a cover shooter, so they made an entirely CG trailer, but they papered like UI elements over it and pretended it was a gameplay demo. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. People realized, seemingly, that uh, people are going to remember those trailers and wonder why the game doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> and, like, on some level, I mean, a game is going to change as it goes through development, because that's how video games work, but, in, like, when it's obvious that this was never a responsible thing to promise, people get pissed. Now, I gotta say, though, I loved the... Um the Nintendo Robot Chicken crossover. Oh, man. That was awesome. That like, was bizarre. I love... Uh, like, they, they really leaned into it right around the point where, like, Reggie yeah. lit a man on fire for asking about Mother 3 again. <laughs> yeah. No, it was weird, but it was, like... It was it out of fit. character for them, but in a good way, you know? That's how, what that, I thought of it. Anyway. That, was where, that was at a point where, like, all of their E3s were trying to sort of, like, one-up each other on being, like, on doing something weird and format-breaking. Yeah. Because, like, the first time that they started to do that, like, I think it was one of the first times that they did a direct instead of a press conference. Yeah. It was just, like, the Dragon Ball Z fight between Reggie and Iwata for some reason. And then, like, every few years they would do something weirder, because, like, I think the last one that Iwata was around for was the one where, like, they all got... They were announcing Star Fox Zero or whatever, and they Weren't all they got all turned into Star Fox Muppets. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Muppets, yeah. 
yeah, like it was interesting to like see like them put on their YouTube like here's here was the construction of these with the Henson Company. <laughs> but yeah, like those those were really nice Muppets actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I like them. Please, please, I will purchase a special edition of any random Star Fox garbage if you will sell it with like at two hundred dollars with a nice like Star Fox or Peppy Hair Muppet. Uh, Dad, what's a Muppet? Well, uh, it's, it's not, not quite, quite a mop. mop. <laughs> it's not, not quite, quite a puppet. A puppet. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Not really. <laughs> uh, had to. Had to. Uh, but yeah, I think we've kind of gone down the classic listing of other than, like, I don't know, the vitality sensor that uh, disappeared into the ether. Remember that one? That. No, not really. I don't think I think it was easier to forget because it wasn't clear how it would work even if it like there was never a product announced to go along with it and it wasn't clear what it would do in any case. <laughs> like, oh, it's a thing you put on your finger and it measures your heartbeat and I'm not sure what it does in response to that. You know, it uh does stuff. Presumably, it would like maybe ease the game up if your blood pressure was spiking or something. But the, the apparently, like when they did talk about it, the issue, the claim they ran into wasn't anything about like, oh, we had issues like finding uses for it. No, it was like it didn't work one hundred percent with everyone's fingers, so we couldn't sell it. <laughs> oh, imagine if they had something like that for like all of the from software titles you know oh, yeah. oh his blood pressure spiking we might have to lower the difficulty so his he doesn't blood pressure die. spiking his blood pressure <laughs> spiking spawn another gargoyle <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> aim for the kill <laughs> oh, oh i just found this old uh, this old news article about them confirming its cancellation and apparently at the same investors meeting someone apparently asked about employees complaining about the cafeteria quality to which he said Iwata said he was uh, monitoring the cafeteria quality <laughs> respect uh, okay let's let's hit the last few questions if we can okay uh... let's fight over this one of these three Zelda games how would you rank them Wind Waker Twilight Princess Skyward Sword Oh. Skyward Sword is number one. Same. Well, and unfortunately, those are the three I didn't finish. <laughs> you monster! I know. It happens. Rebound! Like, wow. Well, no. I'm going to say I... um. Okay, so... I yeah. hate motion controls. So that's probably why I didn't finish Skyward Sword. Um, Twilight Princess I didn't get into until the HD remake came out. Um, but I would put Wind Waker on top. I mean, I played it on GameCube and then I played the remake and, you know, I played enough of that one to be able to say that it's good. So, uh, so I would probably go Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, then Skyward Sword. Meanwhile, I would put them in the opposite order. I'm good. Like, for me, like, it's like... Skyward Sword is doing something different and it's not always perfect, but it's always something I can't get from other Zelda games. Okay. And like, I, I just, I'm one of those ones, like, I can't stand the ocean. I hate it. So. Well, I'm one of those weird people who thinks Zelda 2 is the best one. 
I think that might have killed him. <laughs> Let's kill Wheels. Uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. With bad opinions. <laughs> hold on. I think I'm dead. Hold on. Hold on. That's oh, my God. favorite one. Zelda oh. 2. That game is just fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. but I lo- of course I love Ocarina of Time and, and Breath of the Wild. Okay. okay. All right. We'll let it slide. We also let it slide as long as you play that Adventure Time game that's just Zelda 2. It's a better really? Zelda 2. Yeah. I didn't know that exi- What? I thought all the uh, Adventure Time games were bad. Uh, most of them are okay. So oh. the, the one that... The way forward one that's just Zelda 2 was called Adventure Time, Hey Ice King, Why'd You Steal Our Garbage? Okay. And they also did a Link to the Past style one that was called, like, it had a more normal name. I forget what it was. Yeah, but Way Forward makes good games. So. Yeah, no, Way yeah. Forward's a good developer. No, they yeah. all the, all the uh, all their Zelda games were at, pretty decent at worst. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, now, I think that hmm? I was gonna say that um, I am excited about the Link's Awakening remake. That does look very cool. Yes. That'll be cute. I like the design, the art style on it. Yeah. I uh, I had that on Game Boy Color back in the day. Same, same. I have checkered memories of it, but they're really not the game's fault, so I try not to hold it against it. <laughs> the only one where you could jump. <laughs> or no. You could. Not the you only could, one. Yeah. The, the 2D ones, like, the, the ones patterned after Link's Awakening tended to add the rock's feather in some capacity. I think uh, Oracle of Seasons also had the rock's cape. I'm not even sure what that did. Okay. Let's see. Was that Seasons or was that Ages? Uh, it was Seasons. I was right. Hooray. Hooray. I remembered. I hate this. Uh, <laughs> Wheels, you didn't give your ranking. We need to hear your power uh, ranking. Skyward Sword and then... I'm going to go Twilight Princess. Um, this is why we're co-hosts. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know I like um, Wind Waker, but... You definitely like it more than I do. <laughs> but, yeah, and... Twilight Princess just has more stuff. It's got more dungeons. It's a much more packed full game. Wind Waker yeah. was one of those situations where it was obvious that like, they were like, hmm, GameCube sales not doing so well, we need to push this game out. I don't know. I know that these dungeons aren't finished. doesn't matter. You're going to have to put it out. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes that's a problem for you, and sometimes that isn't. Yeah. So. Let's see. Uh, now, I, this... I kind of wish they would do another one in the style of Majora's Mask. Like, does that one just... I liked all the side quests, you know, having to collect all the different masks. So I thought that was fun. I, I wish there was more than four dungeons, though. So, I don't know. I think the I think Skyloft and Skyward Sword is actually the closest they've ever come to making like a one with a lot of side quests in it. Because mm-hmm. that Skyloft is surprisingly reactive in a way that I really enjoy. One of my favorites is just like the item check girl that takes all of your items, and the more you check in items, the more she thinks that you like you have a thing for her. <laughs> Okay. And, like, by the end of the game, the game is going to ask you, like, like the game she, the game is going to point blank tell you, like, you have to tell this girl how you feel either way because, like, you, you're not just going to keep stringing her along. And it's just like, that is a weird de- detail to put in the game, but I love that it's there. 
Or just like, oh, this is like my favorite reaction to anything in a Zelda game, which is there's like a heart piece that is hanging atop a chandelier at a bar. And you just have to like, you have to knock down the chandelier to get that and destroy it. And the owner is just like, why would you do that? <laughs> uh, that, that game's got some good characters. The other, oh, another one, Beetle, when they brought him back. Uh, uh-huh. I hate him. They brought uh-huh. him back and he's, he's still on like a mobile shop. He is pedal biking a store across the sky. And if you go up and look at something and then try to leave without buying anything, he's like... You added weight to my shop that I pedal through the sky and didn't buy anything and just opens a trap door under you and throws you out. Uh, that game has that game does right by its characters. They're all really bizarre and dumb and I love it. Uh Groose? Like yeah, I, I oh Groose is beautiful. Groose has one of the best new themes in Zelda that they've ever done. Uh but, yeah, in general, like, I, I think that that's kind of a shame that, like, a lot of people who don't like motion controls for one reason or another don't get to experience how fun that game's cast and world is. Yeah. So, uh, anyone that has, is, has some tolerance for motion controls, if you didn't play it, I recommend giving it a shot, because it's, mm. it's a very... There's more to it than I think people tend to remember. Now, here's my question. What does Kulo Loompa mean? Uh, Kululimpa? They're Tingle's yeah. magic words. If we knew what they meant, they wouldn't be magic. Ah. Uh, they don't have well, an actual meaning. There is oh. there is no implied meaning uh, in Kululimpa. Okay. Tingle's weird, huh? Yeah. Yep. Remember when he enslaved a bunch of people? He did what? In Wind Waker, there's at least one guy on Tingle Island that's like, he didn't... I just washed up here and he put me in these clothes and made me push this thing 24-7. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. It's unsettling at the very least. Like, there's... I feel like there's a reason that he, you find him... In Wind Waker, you find him in jail. So. <laughs> yep. I forgot. Right. As he should be. Stop me before I kill again. Um... <laughs> See, I need to quickly look through my notes for this next question because no one else will have an answer for it. Uh, I'm sorry, Wheels. Ace Attorney questions keep happening because uh, I, uh, it's, it's it's fine. They're all all of them. All of them are important. All of them are good. Uh, let's see. Do I actually have a favorite here? Because there's a lot of these. Uh, oh, here's one that, like, it's not my favorite, but the way that it interacts with the character's character design is so unsettling that I love it anyway. So Budai asks, what is the funniest Ace Attorney name? And I'm not sure if our guest has played any Ace Attorney games. but so I, I have not. I won't spend too much time on this, but the fourth game has a character named Spark Brushel, and he is, like, for some reason they decided that this reporter is going to look and, like, is going to have a toothbrush behind his ear at all times, and also he's going to kind of look like a toothbrush for some reason. (laughs) Okay. His his hair are toothbrush bristles, and he has, like, this five o'clock shadow that looks like a toothpaste, toothpaste dab. 
and he's just really unsettling looking. Okay. But that is that is my favorite, like, what were they thinking character design, and I don't have a favorite Ace Attorney pun name, so we have answered this question, and I have spared my poor co-hosts. Uh, okay. What is the easiest mainline Final Fantasy? Uh, I don't know. Probably five or six, I would say. Those are the ones I could most easily sleepwalk through. <laughs> five yeah. is pretty easy. Five is super easy. I've only ever played it in challenge runs. Uh, six is designed to be uh, to allow you to get a, cat, a group of 16 characters, but be completable with three. Uh, hmm. And generally wasn't hard to begin with. Uh, once you get past those, like, seven, it's at least possible to produce a build that would make the game difficult. Um, eight, it's very possible to screw yourself in such a way as to make the last few areas difficult. Ask me when I was first playing well, it. Well, eight is difficult purely based on the fact that you have to figure out how to play it. <laughs> it's it's core it's game weird. loop. It's core game loop is not intuitive. No, put it that it's way. not. Um, Time compression. It's like I've played all of the Final Fantasies to some extent. I haven't finished most of them. I'll admit. I think that's um, true. Of most people. I mean, like so, like thirteen. I don't. Know, I love thirteen. I don't. I don't know. I know that's. It's a, wrong it's a good to game. Say. Yeah. You but are like in the, that you one are in the right like, place to have that opinion. <laughs> okay. Because like that one. Um, no, I really enjoyed 13, and um, even though the first 30 hours are a tutorial, you know, like, I, uh, I, I, I like would, when you... I would say it's more like 8 to 10. Okay. Unless you're playing oh. it really slow. But, I mean, there were so many fights in that game where you just you can just keep mashing X and you just win, you know, and yeah, you get the 5-star yeah. rating. But then w when you get to the post-game, I, I did all the post-game content, and I missed the Platinum because... I didn't get all the items for that one trophy, mm. and it, I just screwed myself out of it because I, I kept selling all of those elemental resistance items. Ah, that's what happened, and then I couldn't get what I needed at the end. But but it, the post game was great though, like having to max out all the different roles and then being able to put anybody in any role. That was fun. Um, mm. And then I, I just I love thirteen too because that was like. That was like Pokemon Final Fantasy. I don't know. Oh, now Wales is angry, by the way. Um, but it's, oh. it's fine. I hate that game. <laughs> it's it's okay. fine. We'll move on. But uh, yeah, like 13, 13 has a good combat system. Like I, I know that by virtue of the fact that when you die, uh, it just sets you back to right before the fight you were in. Some people would declare that easier, but I'd say it's mostly just less punishing. But yeah. that also allowed them to make the combat harder in a lot of situations. So, yep. it's a it's it's a very different beast. Um, but. Now I um I do play fourteen from time to time, so I did clear the original scenario. I'm I I never finished the uh, Heaven's Word content. But that that was a long grind to do all those uh, story quests and stuff. Oh, I'd imagine. I, I don't. I, I learned by playing fourteen that no matter no matter its quality, I don't have the temperament for any of those. Well, I just don't have the patience to deal with like total douchebags in the uh, dungeons, you know. 
like most of the people I partied up with were fine, but I, I just remember this one time I was trying to play healer and some guy was giving me a hard time and I, I just quit. I was like, I'm not putting up with this. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I played a lot of seven and yeah, that was fun. I, I played a few hours of nine. But honestly, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm really entitled to an opinion on this question, you know, other than because like I said, 13 is the first one I really finished and enjoyed. I mean, to which I would respond that I don't think any of us is really entitled to give a definitive answer. Just that's, that's, <laughs> okay. Like, we were asked not because we were authorities, but because people wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, oh, man. Now I'm just thinking about, like, I'm thinking about 9 and remembering that you can use tents in the middle of battle and you'll get a snake bite and just get, like, 1,500 different statuses on you. That was a weird thing. I didn't even realize... Like, it was something that I only realized you could do when I saw that the tent wasn't blacked out in combat. That was a strange thing to find out in the middle of a boss fight. <laughs> Don't recommend that. Uh, oh, man. Memories. Terrible memories. Uh, <laughs> that fight did not go well for me. Um, but, yeah, I would say that five and six are probably the easiest, like... One through three are brutal in many situations. Yeah. Uh, four has kind of a no, you know propensity. What? I take it back. Mm -hmm. The original version... It, I don't want to say the original. The original version that came out in the West of four would be, my opinion, the easiest. That's like plausible. The easy version. Bear in mind the U.S. version predates the Japanese easy-type version. Yeah. Um, there used to be a bit of uh, internet lore that got mucked up. The original Japanese version came out, then the English version came out, and then the easy type version was based on that to make it even easier. <laughs> <laughs> and it has like a different final boss sprite for some reason. Uh, Weird. Uh, there's a, go if you want to find out more about the easy type version, I would recommend going to uh, Clyde Mandolin's Legends of Localization site where he compares these scripts to the, uh, most of the uh, English translations of FF4 along with the original Japanese script and the easy type script, which actually simplified some of the Japanese to make the game more accessible to younger players. Yeah, now I don't know if we're counting uh, World of Final Fantasy. I, I want to say the question was the You said mainline. So. Yeah, okay. Because I mean, no, World of Final Fantasy, I just, I like the combat in that game, even though it's, it's a pretty easy game, but I like the whole stacking mechanic and you you capture the monsters and you have you have the towers and you got to topple them over i don't know i thought that was really listen unique. there's nothing there's nothing i want more in this world than to stack tonberries and cactuars on top of my head <laughs> I, I hate tonberries can i just say that everyone's grudge do you just hate their design or do you just hate fighting them oh they're just yeah like in uh i i hate fighting them like hmm. I want to say there was a couple fights. I think in 13 and 13 too, you did have to fight a few of them and they were really annoying. Um, but then I don't know how far you guys got in 14, but there was a dungeon where a giant invincible Tonberry will just start chasing you and, and you have to run away without getting killed. And then the boss of the dungeon is the Tonberry King and he's just a pain in the ass. So. Oh man, I remember getting the Tonberry King. Which required you to fight like 20 Tonberries before him. 
some of the some of those like final uh, final disc guardian forces in in FF8 I have like freaking war flashbacks of trying to get <laughs> like Tonberry King took hours Jumbo Cactuar took hours because he ran partway through hey remember yeah. the part late in that fight where it just says Jumbo Cactuar is he- hesitating and it's just like better pile on as much damage as possible because he's about to book it yep and gain all of his health back. Okay, then, not angry. Uh, <laughs> I liked, it's like, all right, so 15, I think I got about 20 hours into that, and it's not that I didn't like it, it's just I, I didn't care for the combat that much. I liked the characters, and I really wanted to see where it was going, so mm-hmm. I have been meaning to revisit that, but um, the combat in that game could go from super easy to brutally difficult if you stop playing for a few weeks or months and then forgot how to play. It's very... Yeah. It feels easy to pick up and then you like come back to it when you need to do an actual complex combat encounter and it's like, oh, there's a lot of going on here and this is hard to yeah. keep track of. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I really I really like 15, but I could never fault someone for being like, this combat's weird and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like if I sat down and played it every single day until I finished it and really got used to the combat, sure. But it's like the second you take a break and then try to get back in, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to replay the tutorial again. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's hit the last couple. These are from Strawberry Eggs. Um First, a congratulations. Congratulations on becoming fathers for the second and third times, Michael and Mike. Yay, thank you. <laughs> wow. Good job. Babies. Congratulations on your new arrival. Um, let's see. So, on to the actual questions. The original Fire Emblem on the Famicom popularized a tactical RPG, but what are its pre- origins? I think it has roots from some Western RPGs like Ultima 3, but I'd like to hear more from you all. Hmm. Uh, Ultima 3's combat system, Ultima in general's combat system, once they turn top-down, is very clearly influential on that style, and they just sort of increase the size of Skirmish. But I mean, like, Ultima 3 is super, super, super influential on Japanese RPGs in general. It's also super, super weird. Oh, it's a crazy weird game. But, like, at the same time, Hori admits that Ultima and Wizardry were huge influences on Dragon Quest, and it shows. Mm. Alright, uh, um, what came first, Fire Emblem or Shining Force? Fire Emblem. Okay. It's a 1990 Famicom game, I want to say, and Shining Force is like 1992, I think. Okay. Because I remember trying to play Shining Force for the first time, like, a few years ago, and I was like, oh, this is just like Fire Emblem. So, I guess yeah. they copied not the other way around. What's interesting is that they took... They kind of took Fire Emblem and added some Dragon Quest back into it, because they made a Fire Emblem-style game that wasn't brutally punishing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, your characters don't die immediately. You actually walk around towns and talk to people. Like, it adds a little more of that Dragon Quest back into the Fire Emblem formula, which is kind of yeah. interesting. But... Yeah, like, Ultima 3, like, go look up some gameplay footage of that, especially the NES versions, which I believe were Famicom versions, I should say, which I believe were uh, brought over to Japan by some 
outfit, probably like Pony Canyon. Uh, and are clearly big influences. Like, it's probably PC versions that they were actually playing at the time. Uh, because those would have been ported to things like the PC-88. But... Yeah. Let's see, uh, FM7, MSX2, NEC PC8801, Sharp X1. Yeah, all those like early to mid 80s uh, Japanese computers got a version of Ultima 3 that you could definitely trace origins of the tactical RPG to. Mm -hmm. And its combat system is one of the first turn based, positional, like square grid based that you're going to find. Mm -hmm. If there's earlier ones, I, I don't know them. It's like trying to find RTSs before Doom 2 and Herzog's Vi. Yeah, I didn't get into Fire Emblem until GameCube. Um, I think I, I still have my Path of Radiance copy. I think it's worth like what ninety bucks or something. Um, yeah, so that that yeah, I didn't because that's the, I didn't have a Super Nintendo as a kid, and so I didn't play Fire Emblem. In GameCube. I mean, it's not like they had uh, they were bringing over the SNES Fire Emblems anyway. Right. Like your first uh, chance would have been GBA. Fire Emblem 7, I guess? Yeah, 7, I think. Sounds about right. Now, it might be worth mentioning, Roy is one of my mains in uh, Smash Brothers. So. <laughs> I think the really funny thing about uh, Fire Emblem as it relates to Smash is that they considered cutting Marth and Roy because Americans wouldn't know who they were. Right. I, I had no idea who they were, but yeah. they were awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, the only people who would have had any context for who Marth was were the people that watched that dub of the Fire Emblem, the two-episode Fire Emblem OVA that got localized for some reason, changed Marth's name to Mars. Uh, okay. I don't think anyone watched that. It's one of those things that's just like a weird curio from like, oh, I localized the, the OVA that existed to advertise the remake of Fire Emblem 1 that no one, that the game wasn't coming out in the US. I don't know why you bothered. But, <laughs> uh, yeah... Uh, well, I want to say Disgaea 3 was probably the first like strategy RPG that I really got into. I mean, not counting Path of Radiance, of course. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I already mentioned that. But yeah, and then um, I mean, I had a computer growing up, so I, I remember I played a lot of Heroes of Might and Magic, but that, you know, uh, that's kind of different, though. Um, that is still definitely part of the lineage. Yeah, okay. I'm just yeah, because I'm just trying to think about the dates here because I I'm remembering remember playing two and three as a kid. I don't know when the first Heroes of Might and Magic came out though. Yeah, I don't know if that was five. It looks like. Oh okay. So that would. It looks like the very earliest like predecessor to Heroes of Might and Magic was King's Bounty, and that's right. Same okay. year as Fire Emblem. Okay. Yay! I'm not stupid. <laughs> Yeah, there's a... Uh... I'm not totally ignorant. Uh... <laughs> I mean, if we really want to trace the strategy RPG concept, I mean, you go back and say, well, the first one's chess, but... Uh... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I feel like that... I mean, that's not something to ignore, is that, like, they're it's kind of taking, like, RPG elements and grafting them into a combat system that more closely resembles, like, a traditional board game like chess... Or like yeah. a war game, or even like a war game like Chainmail or War uh, Warhammer, is like they're they're all kind of simulating the same idea in different ways. Uh, I forget, is Chainmail? 
like chainmail is, as I recall, essentially what D and D was originally like a supplement for. See if I can find. All right, now that. let's see. Chainmail, something up here. Yeah, this was a chainmail was a war game from 1971 that uh, Gary Gygax designed D and D as a supplement for for small scale skirmishes. <laughs> so, like, if you really want to go trace the strategy RPG, you kind of have to trace it back to things like that. Now. I recently played Archon for the first time from NES, and that was 1983. So that was kind of like chess, but with unique pieces, and then it would go into that weird kind of side-scrolling combat system. So yeah, that's kind of a a very difficult and strange game. But yeah, Yeah. but it is one of those like early, like this is how you sort of see the gap bridge from like making... A strategy, a strategy game based off of a very familiar rule set, and then sort of making changes to that rule set until it yeah. kind of that, becomes. That game its own. cheats, though. Oh, super! Oh, like all games game, do, but I mean that one cheats really so obviously. bad. Oh man! I remember there was like a weird PS2 uh, unofficial successor to Archon, whose name is escaping me, but it was basically the exact same, like. Here is ex- essentially exactly chess, but with slightly different things. And every time your piece collides, you had to fight them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you get you get things like Archon that sort of presage what strategy RPGs would co- become. They are strategy games that are coming out of like raw board game strategy games and ultimately becoming strategy RPGs. Uh, I guess we can hit the last question that Strawberry Eggs had. Also, are there any significant differences between strategy and tactical RPGs, or are the terms interchangeable? I have met people that hold that there's a difference. I have never been satisfied with the claims they have made about what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, because, like... No? I don't know. I mean, I, I would define, like... Like, to me, Disgaea strategy RPG, right? Mm. Whereas I would see Valkyria Chronicles as more of a tactical RPG. Hmm. But, I mean, I do see them as interchangeable, but I can see you can there's see certain why games that would... lean more towards one or the other. Yeah, right, because yeah. one term doesn't necessarily properly cover all of them. Right. I feel like if I were to think of something... I, I know, I think in Japan they actually use terms like simulation RPG... But I'm trying to think of, like, what I would consider to be different enough that I would be comfortable enough making a new term for it. And it would be something like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which has RPG, which has tactical RPG battles, but it also has a lot of, like, management sim aspects to it, make it feel different. Uh But I've never heard it applied to that series in particular uh, it it's weird. I'm just I'm just lost on the list of systems that Romance of Three Kingdoms Four got ported to again. <laughs> Listen, it was available for the 32x and the Dreamcast. Oh boy, I don't, I still don't know how that happened. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. What's the question? <laughs> uh, the fact that there were approximately 
uh, three successor games available to port to the Dreamcast that they instead ported Romance of the Three Kingdoms 4. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I, re- I rescind my question. Uh, <laughs> wait, why did they port like, 5 to the 3DS? What? Did they? Appar- according to Wikipedia, 5 came out on the 3DS at some stage. In the West? What? Not in the West. Oh, well, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, well, no, let me think, because I, I just mentioned Heroes of Might and Magic. I don't know if I would consider that strategy or tactical or both, because, you know, you've got your, you've got your exploration and RPG elements, but then you've got your castle management where you got to build up, build buildings, recruit armies. But then the actual battles themselves, there, there's definitely tactics going on depending on the units and um, just knowing where to move things and when and when to wait, when to defend and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. like, so like in Heroes 2, it was like flying units had unlimited range, right? And they would immediately just go straight to your ranged units and kill them. No, that's then. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. But then in Heroes 3, that's considered the best one because the flying units didn't have unlimited range, but then the ranged units got penalties if enemies were too far away or behind walls and stuff. So they balanced it out better. But So I, I don't know that I would consider that a strategy or tactical or what. I don't know. That, that game just has a lot, a lot of different systems coming together. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, all, like the, at the heart of the question, like all the genres, I mean, it's going to be a lot more just I know it when I see it. And, like, whether you differentiate between the two is really going to be a personal thing. Yeah. Well, one day I texted Wheels and I said, what genre is Pac-Man? And he said, oh, that's a survival horror game. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, genres are always weird. Oh, me and him, though. We got into a heated argument about the shooter genre because I was trying to say, I'm like, well, my favorite first person shooter is Metroid Prime. And he's like, that's not a shooter. Mm. I'm like, well, it has shooting elements along with platforming and puzzle solving. I mean, I don't know. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it's one of those things where like. It, for me personally, I wouldn't draw a distinction, but I, like I said, I've definitely known people who do. Yeah. So, if you've got, if there's something about a, a strategy or tactical RPG that you feel differentiates it enough that it belongs in a slightly split off genre, I mean, knock yourself out. I've just never seen <laughs> a generally agreed upon. Yeah. It feels like it's one of those situations where you're going to have to, like, one of those situations where it's not agreed upon enough that you're going to have to check every time to make sure that any new source has, like, a specific opinion on whether they're... If they have no opinion, I assume they use them interchangeably. If they... Uh, if they do have an opinion, they'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Uh, yeah. I think, that, uh, I think that about runs us out of questions. You got anything else we want to uh, talk about? We usually also allow new guests to pose any question they feel like answering. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. Aha! You can't go oh. to sleep yet. Aha. Uh-huh. Stay awake. 
Um, question, to, question, question. I think we need to rescind this policy. <laughs> Just for me. It's your fault you stayed up till 3 a.m. That's Listen, I stayed up till like 3 a.m. as well. I'm dying as well. Why are you humming Spanish play? <laughs> I can't believe you're not even singing the lyrics. I don't remember what the lyrics are. A record star. He thought he'd be he heard a like well, Let me see if I can get a question out of this. Um, all right, so I recently replayed Bloodborne. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Sony allows name changes now. Yeah. And Bloodborne was listed as a game that could be problematic if you change your name. So what's it started out as, let me, just, <laughs> let me just boot it up to make sure it works. And then it was, well, I'll just make a new character. And I decided to make someone who looked just like the Joker, and it was funny. And then I thought, let me try an arcane build. I never did that before, and somehow that turned into playing the entire game and finding all the areas and trophies that I missed, and I got the platinum after nice. many, many hours of delving through the goddamn chalice dungeons. So... <laughs> I guess that would have been my question to you two, is how far did you guys get in that game, or did you play it at all? I got pretty far in. I, I let myself lose track of it before finishing it, but I got a fair ways in. I keep making fun of Wheels because he didn't get far enough in to discover the most Wheels weapon imaginable. Yeah, well, I don't like the game, so... Well, that's Fortunately, that's not enough to get me to finish it. I can't believe Wheels will never wield Logarius's wheel. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah I, got, no, I, was, I was I was a big fan of Bloodborne. I liked the uh, well Ludwig's Holy Blade. Oh, that thing's crazy good. That thing's awesome. Um, but with my arcane build, of course, I was using Contradus. Yeah. And uh, but then my I, the first time I played through the game, I missed so much stuff. So this time around, I, I also got that sword where you like slowly bleed to death if you yeah alternate mode. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on in, in that game. I mean, it, it's it's a I very really, flawed game. It's way too difficult. But, you know, I, I kind of I'm proud of myself for getting back into it and getting that platinum. But it, it was a long, frustrating road. Um, but Bloodborne's one of those games where, like, even if I wasn't going to use them, I was excited every time I found a new trick weapon because they're all weird and dumb. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're all unique, at least. Um, yeah. So now, okay, so if you go into a trophy list and you see that only half of players beat the first boss and only 10% of players beat the game, wouldn't that indicate maybe it's just a little too hard, you know? It depends on what the developers wanted to make with it, I suppose. I mean, yeah. Like, there's, there's certainly games that sell a lot, but that were never meant to appeal to more than a niche audience. Right. And I'm oh, sure that Sony would much. <laughs> I, I'm sure that Sony would much rather that they sell a lot and worry about like whether people would come back for them. But like I mean, people keep doing it game after game. Like all of the all of the Souls games, Bloodborne, Sekiro are all like that. So. Yeah, and they seem to just be getting harder as they go along. Like I had oh, no interest in playing Sekiro because 
oh, well, it's not going to be an RPG. It's like, well, then why would I want to play it? Like, I had a really good time with that one because it has really good level design, but it is definitely not an RPG anymore. So it's it, that's the thing. So with Bloodborne, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm getting my ass kicked, so let's just go grinding for a couple hours, get a few stat points, upgrade some weapons. Oh, hey, now I'm doing much better. Mm-hmm. Now the boss that kicked my ass ten times in a row, now I just kill them without even trying. So I like that aspect of it. No matter how hard it gets, you can work to get better so that's why i passed on sekiro because i'm like well if it's too hard then i'm not going to be able to just grind my way out of it you know that was the Um, old uh that was the old dragon quest principle actually was one of the core design tenets that hori always had was that like rpg like an rpg should be something that like eventually even if you don't understand the systems well enough eventually you should be able to beat it just because you're that you've put that much time into it right and I like that, yeah. Because I, I did play the first Dragon Quest, and I did notice that. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is hard, but I'm gradually leveling up more, gradually getting further into the world before I get sent back to the... the game. Yeah. So. Still, I, I will forever be sad that we were not able... That the nature of our save system was different, such that we could not have the ultimate prank troll that the game had for players. But... Did you ever hear about this? For no. Dragon Quest 1? No. Uh, in Dragon Quest 1 in Japan, it's a password-based game. And so the bit at the end where the Dragon Lord offers to, like, split the world with you, and if you say yes, like, in Japanese, he gives you a new password. And if you input that password, what you get is you start the game over again at level 1, but also without any money uh, and with no items or weapons. Like you just start out worse off than if you had just pressed new game. Uh, okay. It's beautiful. Well, who would but, do that? <laughs> it, it's, it's like, it's one of those, it's because I mean, you can always just pull out your la- the password you had before and just start wherever you were, uh, were before you accepted the dragon Lord's offer. But it's really right. a funny, like, troll on the player of like you tried to take the the villain's offer and expected him to give you something worthwhile but instead he gave you this right which i always thought was pretty funny yeah but, like something i would do <laughs> but yeah uh i guess on the bloodborne tip though what I, I what i would say is that something like sekiro appeals more to you if like if you're the sort of person that spends a lot of time perfecting combos in something like uh, Devil May Cry or playing the uh, Xbox and Xbox 360 Ninja Gaiden games, like those yeah. sorts of things where like you'll get murderized over and over, but like what you want is the experience of realizing that your pattern recognition and reflexes and capacity to process the kind of challenge the game is throwing at you has gotten better such that you will f- eventually pull it out because you got better at the game. Mm-hmm. And like that's it's a different kind of thrill, and it requires a different mindset. So I mean, certainly it's not right. going to appeal to all the same people. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, next question. I'm just thinking of: Do you think we'll ever get a Diablo 2 remaster? What do you think? That feels inevitable. They did Diablo. Did the Diablo one remaster already came out, right? I wasn't keeping tabs on that. Well, no, it did not. There's no well, Diablo, Diablo one. I mean, master. it's 
the the GOG.com version, that's not really a remaster. I mean, it, it's an improvement, and it doesn't crash every 10 seconds, but... Um, I remember them claiming it was a remaster at one point, which confused me. Uh, I admit I'm not super into Diablo, but I feel like Diablo 2 was the, was the franchise for a very long time, so it seems like something they'll capitalize on in some fashion. I'm sure they will, and I firmly believe it'll probably be on the docket after the uh, uh, Warcraft 3 remaster comes out. Oh yeah, I forgot that that was scheduled as well. Yeah. Yeah. I could see a... uh, that, That feels like something that they would go back to. Remember when Warcraft was a strategy? Was a real-time strategy game? Yes, I do. <laughs> Remember yes. Dota Zero? No, shut up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, memories. That that was a weird uh, thing to watch uh, slowly take over the world. Given that it started as that thing that I saw where people were like, "Why is everyone only?" Why is everyone online only playing the shitty mod? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was that was my first encounter with the, the existence of, of Dota in like 2004. <laughs> Good times. But yeah. Well, sounds like we've run out of questions and it's about time to wrap this up. Alright. You can send us stuff in the usual places. Yada yada. Comment yada. section, Discord, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, Guest, you got anything you want to plug? Anything I want to plug? Um, let's see. What was the last thing you reviewed? Oh, um, oh, I reviewed Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. Nice. I gave it a 3.5 out oh. of 5. That's out of 5, yeah, not out of 10. <laughs> yeah, that would have been much worse. Yeah, that would have been better. Um, I, it's not that I didn't like the game. It's just there was. I mean, it, it's it's a three point five basically. So it, it's good, but it's like there were some thing, some new things they tried that didn't work very well. Mm. Like the um, the ocean battles were just bad because mm. they, you know. So what happens? So you'd be sailing along, and an enemy ship would just pop up out of nowhere and just make a beeline right for you. And then it would change to like a scripted event where you were clicking on things. So you'd be trying to like shoot them with your cannons, but the cannons had like no accuracy. So eventually you would end up just ramming them and boarding. And then that, then it would turn into just a standard battle. Hopefully so you can play the game you paid for. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I reviewed that. Now, just today I was trying to get back into the messenger. Which is very good. It's a Ninja Gaiden homage, but it turns into more of a Metroidvania after a few hours. They yeah, let I heard you about that one. They let you revisit all the levels, but then now there's a new. It, they add like a time travel mechanic. Mm. So you you replay the same stages, but then you find these portals that will change the time frame so that other paths open up. Nice. You know, uh, so I was playing that. I already mentioned... Yeah, we talked about Persona 5 in the beginning, so we don't have to revisit that. Uh, <laughs> what else do we got? 
I'm, I'm, I'm actually just going through my Steam game list to see what I've been playing recently. Um, I mentioned Disgaea 1 Complete already. Uh, Octopath Traveler, but yeah, I, I mentioned that already. Mm. Hmm. I think I covered everything I wanted to. Um, so I am still trying to play Trails of Cold Steel to review that. That's the PS4 version. Nice. That should be my next review whenever I finish it. Cold Steel is one of those ones that I always feel like I should give more time because I have both of the first two on Vita and I just never got around to it. Yeah. Oh, you know what else I was playing? Grim Dawn. Um, oh, I've heard good things just, about that. Yeah, it just got its second expansion. They added two new classes, so I started a new character to try those out. So, um, yeah, so that that's a very good like Diablo clone. I happen to think it's better than Diablo 3. <laughs> um, I, actually, I didn't like Diablo 3 that much. Even though I eventually got every character to 70 and got the platinum, I still didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining spending that much time on something I didn't like that much. Yeah. It had its moments. The story yeah. was garbage, but it was fun. Um, and I know there's supposed to be some kind of compile heart bashing session coming up um, <laughs> I don't you think mean, we had that scheduled but we could it's a joyous <laughs> joyous backtrack of fun and joy and the compilation so, of everyone's heart where most of it is hatred <laughs> yeah so I mean that I don't know so finding out about that I may want to try and replay some of the hyperdimension games just to uh because those are compile heart right yeah they're all compile heart. okay so i may or may not want to participate in that but if i do i'm gonna have to actually go back and play some of those games so <laughs> i'm and and that's where i'm not sure how i want to made so many games oh my god uh, I, I, just, I just i just did a look and it's just like oh, you did? oh. <laughs> yeah it's just like like I'm, I'm just in looking in the middle of like 2012 at this point, and it's like by July of by August of 2012, they released like seven games in that year. <laughs> Touch shot, love application, Mugen Souls, travel adventures with Hello Kitty, <laughs> record of access. Excuse me. Oh, he hates Mugen Souls. <laughs> record of Agarest War, marriage, Neptunia, Kisakai. Hyperdimension Neptunia, Victory, Kami Jigen, Uplead, Neptune. Oh, and then they started off 2013 on a strong note, strong note with Monster Monpiece. But yeah, they really oh, just... Oh, I have that game. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go vomit. Excuse me a moment. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's finish this out for wheels. So yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll let you guys go. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I'm just totally full of Mountain Dew right now, so I, I don't know. What to... <laughs> I want to make sure I stayed awake for for this, and now I, I'll probably be up. I'm sorry that. you had to destroy yourself in the name of this farce. Yeah. <laughs> Things right. I do for RP gaming. Alright, anyway. We will see you next time, right. folks. Peace out. Peace. Bye. Bye. Thank you.